Hello again, everyone. This is Stephen Ron. I'd like to welcome you to our ninth episode of the Profound Pickleball Podcast. I don't have a guest for this particular episode. Uh, hopefully, it won't be as long as the ones that I, where I do have a guest. Um, but I wanted to talk about a few things um, that I've been observing over the last uh, month or so. I'm recording this on January 27th, and while the new rules have only officially been in place uh, since the 25th, uh, in most of the places where I play, um, people have sort of agreed to play under the new rules, at least going back until the beginning of the year. Um, so I've got now some more playing experience under the new rules, and I wanted to share some um, revelations about the new rules and how they're impacting um, the games where I've played so far. It's not been a lot of impact yet, but I'm starting to seeing a little bit more than perhaps I had thought. Uh, first thing I want to mention uh, are the let serves, or the lack of let serves uh, going forward. Now, um, after I play, I typically go in, I'll kind of sometimes make notes about things that happened during the match that I may want to mention during the podcast. And one of the uh, things I wanted to mention was, uh, this actually happened um, to me just yesterday. I was playing um, a match at Shaw Park um, against uh, some very good players, and one of the guys um, likes to hit often a short uh, angled serve sort of toward the corner of the box near the sideline. Now, I'm a left-handed player, so if I'm returning on the right side of the court and the player hits that serve to that angle, you know, near the sideline, that's to my backhand, which means it's a little tough for me for, tougher for me to get to that. Well, this guy is very good at hitting that serve, but I can't count on that serve all the time because he will hit it deep a lot. Well, he hit one uh, yesterday that did hit the net, and it barely, just barely landed behind the uh, line for the non-volley zone, which meant it was a good serve. And I couldn't get to it. I mean, he aced me because I think I may have been able to get it if it hadn't hit the net. But the net did slow it down just enough to where I couldn't quite get to the ball. Um, so I got aced <laughs> by a guy who hit the little short angle serve um, to the corner of the box there, that short corner. I may not have been able to get the ball back anyway, even if I had gotten my paddle on it. It was a really great serve, um, but the net ensured that I was not able to get to it at all. So um, I can say that I have been aced by uh, what would have been in the past a let serve there. Okay. Another one that happened to me recently, this was uh, last week sometime, I was playing another match against uh, someone who has a very hard, good low serve. Now the serve, even though it's very hard, because it's a low serve, that means it doesn't really go very deep in the box. In fact, usually it, it lands you know, less than halfway between the non-volley zone and the baseline. So a lot of times when I play against this player, on his serve, I'll take a, maybe a step or two in because, again, I know the serve isn't going to really be very deep in most cases. Well, he had a really good hard serve, and it happened to hit the net, and it bounced up a little bit higher than I was expecting. And because I was already standing you know, a step or two more forward, because the ball had been deflected higher, it went deeper in the court than I was expecting. It almost landed you know, at my feet, and I was able to get my paddle on it, but I missed the return badly. So in that case, the net also cost me you know, a point there because I was expecting that shorter serve, but the net caused it to go deeper in the court than I was expecting. Um, he's got a good serve anyway. Um, I may not have made the return anyway, um, 
because it was a really good serve. But, you know, I was sort of expecting, like I said, that shorter serve, um, and it didn't quite uh, happen the way I expected. So from being aced <laughs> one time and having another serve that bounced deeper than I thought, uh, those are two points that have negatively affected my play uh, during games with let serves. There have been quite a few other let serves that have been hit to me, but I don't, I can't remember any others that really had a significant impact on the point. Most of them, you know, have a, a minimal impact on the flight of the ball. It may slow it down a little bit or cause it to bounce a little bit shorter in the court or even deeper in a few cases. But the two that I mentioned um, where I lost the point are the only two that really stand out as places where, you know, I've lost points um, that were directly as a result of the lack of let serves. Now, going to the other side where on my serve, um, you know, I've had my share of let serves and, and I can only really think of one that really benefited me. And it was another point uh, yesterday where I was in the right side, again, being a lefty, I was going to try to hit a serve, a slice, that would kind of curve back toward the uh, center. Um, and so I was trying to go to my opponent's backhand. He was a right-hander. Well, as soon as I hit the serve, I, I sort of instantly realized I had hit the serve wide. I was, it was going to go too far to the right. But a funny thing happened. When the ball, it did hit the net, and I guess it's because of the spin of the ball, and I hit it pretty hard, the ball hit the net and redirected back towards the service box, okay, and actually landed right on the center line, and the op op opponent was so surprised by that, and I was surprised too, but it caused him to miss the shot. Um, so the net really helped me there by redirecting a ball that was easily going to be out by probably a foot or two, and it just so happened that, again, the way the spin was, I guess, or the angle I hit it, um, it redirected it back towards the box and landed right on the line, um, and I got a point out of that. Um, I can't think of any other significant impact um, from a let serve for anyone that I've hit. Again, most of mine um, have just sort of hit the net and haven't, you know, been changed, you know, dramatically either way. Um, I tend to mix up my serves between hitting, you know, a deeper serve, maybe you know, with with less power to try to keep my opponents back. But I will also try to hit some harder, lower serves, you know, for variety. And I do get some points off of that hard, low serve um, if people are expecting the deeper one. But that was just a very strange serve that hit the net and was redirected way farther than I thought and actually landed right on the line and I got a point out of that. So uh, that was, uh, you know, an unexpected bonus and it was at a pretty critical point in the match. So I was really happy to get that break off of the let serve. But other than those specific examples, there have not really been any others that stand out in my mind that, again, had a dramatic impact on the point one way or the other. So, um, in all, in the many games that I've played this year, um, it has not been maybe as much as I thought um, with the let, lack of let serves, I guess. And I was kind of going through earlier how many, roughly how many games I've played this year, and I went through it and I sort of ballpark. I think I've played uh, 10 times, 10 different you know days and usually when I play I usually play at least you know seven or eight games each time out so I'm thinking I played somewhere in the, in the neighborhood of 70 to 80 games so far so if I can only come up with three really significant let serves that definitely either cost me or gained a point for me 
that's, again, not really that much impact as far as the let serve goes. Okay, now I've got a little more um, impact, I think, on the drop serve, maybe, than I was expecting. But as far as the let serves, um, the level that I'm playing, I play, you know, I'm pretty much a 4-0 player. I play a lot of guys who were you know, 4-0s and 4-5s um, a lot, and just has not had that much impact on the games that I've been playing. Now, the drop serve is a little bit different. Um, I've been practicing the drop serve a bit more myself. I'm playing against some players who are also, I can tell, practicing it more themselves. And the biggest problem that I've had as a returner with the drop serve has been from the slice. Uh, there are a couple of guys who will hit an extreme slice because, you know, the, the requirements of having, you know, to have upward movement of your paddle you know, on the drop serve, that, that's not a requirement anymore. If you just drop it in, out of the air and hit it before it bounces, you know, you have to, your paddle is supposed to be in an upward motion. But when you drop serve, you know, your serve can be, you can chop it, you can side swipe it, you know, you can have your uh, paddle above your wrist, you know, whatever you want to do. So some guys that I, I can pretty much tell have been practicing that slice serve have given me a few problems on a few points. Um, I, I don't have a specific number for you, but a couple of guys that I play um, are, have sort of really dedicated themselves, I think, to that tactic. And I've actually been doing the same thing. Um, but another thing that's cost me a few points are for, from guys who might normally have a pretty hard serve, but then they'll do the drop serve as more of a change-up. In other words, a change of pace. And one guy I was playing the other day really hard server, so I was kind of geared up for his hard serve. And so when he would serve it, I wouldn't have to take much of a backswing um, because his serve was so hard, he was generating all the pace, and I was almost blocking the return back. I was getting a pretty good deep, you know, uh, approach shot. But then all of a sudden, this guy changed up and started hitting some drop serves. And the first drop serve he hit was much slower than his harder serves. So I went up to the ball and, and did my same swing I'd been doing, which meant I was just trying to block the ball. And I just dumped that thing right into the net because I didn't have enough power on my swing of the return because I was used to not having to swing with much power. And I guess I was just sort of locked into that mode that I dumped the first one right into the net. Now, after he started doing that a few more times, I kind of began looking for it. So I didn't lose any other points. Uh, because of that, but I did lose one point because I was expecting the hard serve. It's sort of like, you know, a pitcher in baseball who throws a changeup. You're sort of out in front of it, you know, your regular swing doesn't quite work. Um, so I, I did lose a point because of that, but after that happened, I didn't lose any more. I've lost quite a few more points, you know, because of some really good slice serves that I was trying to, you know, time them correctly and hit my own slice back. I've mostly been hitting those long, so I need to have a little more uh, experience, I guess, hitting some of those slice returns. Because I like to slice my return, but if I overdo it and try to hit too much slice, I will float it long because I'm trying to hit a lot of underspin. And that ball may float long uh, in some cases, so I need to work on my returning of those uh, sliced uh, drop serves. So I would say the drop serve has, at least in the, the matches that I've played so far this year, has had a lot more impact than the lack of let serves. Now, I do enjoy uh, practicing the uh, drop serve. I've gotten some points off of some really good slice drops that I've hit. Um, I've also gotten some points off of um, some very deep serves that I hit. 
I found that when I do the drop serve, it's almost like hitting a regular forehand at that point. So if I do a drop serve and just try to hit a deep forehand, you know, to within a foot or so of the baseline pretty high, it's almost like hitting a lob serve. I'm really pretty good at that. I can get that serve really, really deep. And I've gotten some people um, you're trying to maybe come up too fast to hit that, you know, approach shot. And I've gotten a few points uh, because they either miss the return or because they hit the return kind of off balance and they would hit maybe a short return that either me or my partner could you know, hit a hard shot as our third shot and you know get, get on the attack and win points that way. So I have had some success with the drop serving. Yes, I have missed a few, um, mostly where I was trying to hit you know, sort of too much slice. Um, I've dumped a few of those in the net. I've, dumped a few, I've sort of directed a few of them wide because they just curved out so much. There was one that I hit and it was on a windy day and I didn't account for the wind. I was sort of trying to hit the ball toward the middle, but it was so windy, it just carried my slice right out wide. So I still need some work on the drop serve, but I am enjoying trying to find the right opportunities to incorporate it into my game. And again, I'm seeing more drop serves now from people, from good players, and it's something I definitely need to be aware of as a returner. So it's added a little bit more strategy, I guess, uh, to the game that way. I don't know if the Drop serve will continue past this year. Remember, it is a provisional rule just for this year. Um, but I've enjoyed, you know, practicing the serve, and um, I think once I get more experience returning it, I think I'll enjoy that a little bit more as well. Okay, so the two major rules um, so far, again, with you know maybe seventy to eighty games of experience, the let serves not as much as I maybe thought, and the drop serves maybe a little more than I thought. Um, some of your experiences may be a little bit different out there. Um, so anyway, I hope you've uh, enjoyed playing this year. Hopefully the weather has been good. Uh, we have had some rain in recent days, um, so have not been able to play quite as much lately. Um, but anyway, now I wanted to say a few other things here. Um, a couple of other topics I wanted to bring up. Um, now that you know we're starting to get towards where tournaments are starting to come back, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about player ratings. You know, am I a 3-5? Am I a 4-0? Am I a 3-0? What does this all mean? Now, what I would recommend that you do, if you haven't already done this, uh, the USA Pickleball Association has a rating system. And the rating system goes from, let me pull it up on my computer here, goes from a 1.0 up to a 5.5+. plus. Now, a 1.0 or a 2.0, they've kind of got that together. They consider that to be a player who's just starting to play pickleball and has no other sports background and has a minimal understanding of the rules of the game, okay? So someone who's never played, you know, and just has never played any other sport, um, they would be considered a 1 or a 2.0 level player. The 2.5 player, 2.5, uh, it says this person has limited experience, so that means they play a little bit, and they can sustain a short rally with players of equal ability, and they have the basic ability to keep score. Okay, so those are sort of blanket statements about the 1.0, 2.0, and 2.5. Now, once you get to the 3.0 level, it starts getting specific criteria for different types of shots and strategy. Like, for example, the forehand, the backhand, the serve return, uh, dinking, third shots, volleying, and also strategy. So I'm not going to read through all of those. It would take forever to do that. But when you start looking at where you uh, put yourself, um, 
you probably want to put your, if you're, maybe you're like, let's say between 3.5 and 4.0, okay? What I would recommend is look at the 3.5s, and if you meet all the requirements of 3.5, that's great. So you may, okay, well, I'll look at 4.0 now. Well, then you may look at 4.0 and go, you know what, I don't quite do those things as well as I should, okay? Or something about the 4.0 really hits home for me that's just something I'm not doing well. Um, like, for example, I, I rate myself at 4.0. Um, I play tournaments at 4.0. Um, and the reason that I, I don't think I'm good enough to be a 4.5 player, I'm trying to work towards that. But one reason that I think that 4.0 is appropriate for me is when I look at the dinking criteria for 4.0 players, it says here, and I'll just read the sentence to you here, it says, this is for 4.0 players for dinking, may end dink rally too soon due to lack of patience. Now, for those people who played me uh, with or against me, um, that is pretty accurate. I am working my best at trying to be more patient when I get into a dink rally. I think I dink pretty well, but I'm sort of always looking for that opportunity to, either to take a hard shot either down the middle or at the person across from me. And sometimes I'll get too impatient and try to end the point too early. And I almost always either dump that ball into the net or send it long. So I think that that pretty well describes my dink game as I tend to end them too early. I think the rest of the 4-0 is, is also pretty accurate for me. When I start looking at the 4-5, I'm not there, so I do not think I'm a 4-5, but I do play some guys who are 4-5, and I'm hoping to bring my game up to that level, hopefully at some point. So when you start uh, thinking about, you know, if you're going to play tournaments, you, know, you have to pick you know, what level you're going to play. And there are some people who enjoy what I call sandbagging. You've probably heard that term before. People who are really, let's say, a 4-5, just as an example, and they'll drop down to play 4-0 or even 3-5 in some cases. And it's sort of almost like they're metal hunters. They just want to get the hardware, even though maybe it's not so hard to get it. I saw this a lot in tennis as well, when I would play Alta and USTA uh, Tennis. You guys who were four or five players would play down just to sort of dominate. I guess they feel empowered by being able to dominate people who were lower level players. Um, and that's just sort of how it works at, at, you know, in, in this sport. So if you want to play fair, which I would recommend, you know, look at the levels and decide what's the level that's best for you. And maybe if, you're, if it's your first tournament, maybe you may get a little nervous. You may want to try to so err on playing down just a bit, you know, don't, you know, be it, don't, let's say you're a 4-0 player, don't drop to 3-0. But if you're kind of on that 3-5 to 4-0 level for your first tournament, you know, maybe playing 3-5 is not such a bad idea because it may be your first experience and, you know, let's say you may get nervous and have to play, you know, um, in front of a lot more people than you're used to playing. So try to figure out your, your level as best you can. Again, if you just do a Google search for USAPA, that's the US, uh, USA Association of Pickleball, sorry, the U.S. Pickleball Association, USA Pickleball, look for their player uh, skill rating definitions. There's one document that has a really a good breakdown of where your level should be. So when you start thinking about, let's say, your level, uh, look at the, the, the uh, criteria and, and you'll be honest with yourself. You know, don't sort of overinflate. Well, I do all these things perfectly. Well, you, you may then rate yourself too high and get into a tournament and, you know, you may not have a good experience because you weren't quite ready for that level. So, you know, be honest with yourself as much as you can. And um, I do encourage people to play tournaments. We have a lot of tournaments, you know, that are 
um, not too far away from us. There are several in Macon, which is not a bad drive at all, um, that I'll be playing in. Um, also Atlanta Open, we have it every year, we have it this year in May. Um, looking forward to that one as well. So tournaments can be a lot of fun, um, but it's more fun for everybody when people are properly rated. Um, so hopefully more people will, will start doing that sort of thing there, okay? And last thing I want to talk about um, just briefly is singles. Now, I bring this up because I'm going to start playing uh, some singles in some tournaments upcoming. I haven't played singles much recently. Um, a lot of people, you know, when you, you say singles, they sort of go, Oh, I don't want to play singles. It's, the court is too much uh, to cover on the court. Okay, I understand that. Uh, yes, definitely, you're covering twice as much room, you know, than you would if you're playing doubles. Um, and it's, it's a challenge to play singles, you know, at a pretty high level. Um, but let me make a suggestion to you. Let's say, you know, you want to get together with your buddies to play, but you can only get one other person. Everybody else is busy or just can't make it or whatever. Does that mean that you and one other person can't go out and play? Of course not. You can certainly do that by doing what we call skinny singles. Some of you may know what this is, but skinny singles is uh, when you go out to the courts and you play against each other, but you only play half the court against each other, okay? It's, it's really like playing doubles against just one other person because you're restricting yourself to hitting the ball in only one side of the court, kind of like you would do in most doubles matches, okay? So if you play skinny singles, you can either play it where you're going cross-court at each other and you have to hit it you know, in each other's cross-court you know, box, or you can play it sort of straight on at each other. Or you can certainly mix it up, you know, go back and forth, whatever. But I would strongly recommend that if you only got one other person who can play, that you give skinny singles a, a try. And maybe if, if you're not going to play like regular games, maybe do some drills where, okay, I'm going to serve, you know, three points from here, three points from there. You know, I'm going to rush the net. Or you could even start the point with your opponent at the net or whatever, okay? Um... But skinny singles is a good way for just two people to play against each other. And by restricting the court in half, you're not having to cover the entire court like you would in a regular singles game. Okay, So if you haven't played skinny singles, give it a try sometime. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, like I say, you won't be running you know, really much more than you would be in a regular doubles match um, because of, you're cutting the court in half there. Uh, I've played a lot of skinny singles. I really enjoy playing it. I am going to be playing a lot more regular singles um, because, again, I'm starting to get ready to play in some tournaments uh, coming up. And I really enjoy singles, but it is, you know, a lot more taxing on your body, uh, a lot more running and everything. But um, I really enjoy it. And uh, anyway, if you haven't tried skinny singles or any other you know, regular singles, you know, maybe give it a try sometime. You might be surprised at how much you'd like it. Anyway, um, I thank you guys for uh, staying with me here. Uh, I went a little longer than I thought I would go here. But I hope you guys uh, have been enjoying the new rules so far, and I hope to see you guys uh, sometime soon out on the court. Thank you. Have a great evening.